Welcome to A Teaspoon of Healing, where we explore the pathways to wellness and vibrant living. Listen to personal stories of healing and interviews with experts. It's time to open a doorway to healing in your life through positive changes. Here is your host, Dawn Damari. Hi, I'm Dawn Damari, and you're listening to A Teaspoon of Healing. Today's guest is Emily Pereira. She's an author, a life coach, and a transformational retreat hostess. And we talk about how she helps women discover their most radiant self, tap into your creativity, how to get the sisterhood going so women stop competing with each other so much, and also her own story of emotional healing and finding out how to live her best life. So if you are looking to live your dreams, discover your dreams, live your passion, well, take the first step. You can listen to this podcast and Emily is so motivating and she will inspire you. This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. Please consult a physician or other health professional before undertaking changes in lifestyle or wellness habits. The author claims no responsibility to any person or entity for any liability, loss, or damage caused or alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of use, application, or interpretation of the information presented herein. And before we get into our interview, let's hear from one of our sponsors, Golf Tours. Hi, this is Goff, owner of Goff Tours, specializing in stand-up paddleboarding or surfing lessons. I even do snorkeling. You can reach me here. Orange County has what you're looking for. You can contact me via email at gofftours at gmail.com or mobile number is 949-338-5937, gofftours.com. Hi, I'm Dawn Damari, and you're listening to A Teaspoon of Healing. Today, my guest is Emily Pereira. She lives in Costa Rica, and she leads transformational retreats. She's a yoga teacher, and she has a book coming out. Hi, Emily. Hi, Dawn. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. So good to be here. So glad to have you here on the podcast. And how is Costa Rica right now? It's amazing. At the moment, it's pouring down rain. I don't know if you can hear it, but um, we're in the middle of rainy season. And thank goodness this rainy season has not been as intense as last rainy season. So we're getting, you know, those like sunny every day with rain and sun, you know, mixed in together. So it's really lovely. Nice. And I was going to ask you a little bit about that in a few minutes. But first of all, I'm going to mention you're also a life coach and these transformational retreats. So how did you get into doing this life coaching, transformational retreats, yoga teacher? I looked at your bio and you used to come from the corporate world, like myself and like a lot of others that might be listening right now. So what made you make that switch? Yeah, you know, it was it was a very gradual switch. It was, it took place over many years as I was going through my own pretty radical transformation. And I was actually working for a pharmaceutical company. And as I started to have what I call, you know, really a, a legit spiritual awakening, I started opening my eyes to alternative ways of healing. I started to actually one day I kind of had the epiphany like, oh shit, am I, am I working for one of the biggest mafiosos on the planet? And it started to just feel really not aligned with my heart. 
And because I experienced such a powerful transformation in my own life, I think, I think for any woman that really experiences a powerful transformation, sort of the first inclination is to reach out and help other women that are also, you know, wanting the information to empower themselves and change their lives. So that's how it came about. I like that. And you have an ebook that's on Amazon called Unstoppable Woman. And what's that about? That is about, so, you know, like I said, so I was, I was working for this pharmaceutical company and, and throughout my 20s, I did all of those things that, you know, I thought would bring me happiness. I did all of the things that I was told would bring me happiness. I mean, just messages I'd soaked up from, you know, society around me about what would bring me happiness. And so I think, I think actually a big, a big influence on me was actually that show Sex in the City. You know, I was in college oh, yeah. when that I show came that out. Show. Yeah, so good, mm-hmm. right? And I really absorbed that programming that, you know, get the, get the job, get the shoes, get the man, the group of friends, and you're going to be happy. And so by the time, you know, I got to my late 20s, I I did have this life that looked really good from the outside. You know, I had sort of checked all the boxes and, you know, I had I had a job that that I was quite good at. And I lived in a home on the beach with my man who at the time was one of the original MySpace founders. And we had just like, you know, I had a closet full of designer clothes and parties, events, vacations and the whole thing. And for as good as it looked, and as good as it sounds, it still sounds pretty good when I say it out loud, but for whatever reason, it never quite felt like it was enough. And we were escaping our so-called perfect life most weekends with, you know, like partying like Keith Richards, like till the sun came up. So not really the sign of truly happy people. You know, so I did more of what I knew, you know, and in my limited scope of consciousness, you know, I, I worked more, I, I shopped more, I worked out more, and I kind of pushed my happiness out into the future, some future time date when, when I'm going to be happy. So it was like, when I get the commission check, then I'll be happy. When, you know, we, he kept telling me, you know, after he sells the company, we're going on this trip around the world, then we're going to be happy. Uh, when I get the ring, then I'll be happy. And right around the time I thought I was going to be getting the ring, I found out that he cheated on me. And my whole world just kind of like crumbled. You know, it was one of those moments, you know, we we kind of, all great spiritual awakenings sort of happen with a tremendous breakdown. And so I hadn't been living a life that was in alignment with truly my heart. I, I knew on some level I wasn't living my truth. I just didn't know what my truth was or how to go about finding it. So, you know, I just went into a very dark place and moved out of our beach home. All the friends sort of like quietly picked him and oh, I just really? felt very alone. And yeah, it was just like, it was traumatic <laughs> and felt very alone and, and just really hopeless. And I, I was full of blame for him, for them, but really it paled in comparison to the blame I had for myself. I was 20, I was almost 29 years old and just sure I had made horrible mistakes and ruined my life. But the forces of the universe converged and connected me with a spiritual teacher. And, you know, this is back in 2006. So I knew exactly nothing about spirituality and spiritual teachers, you know, before Instagram was a thing with inspirational messages. (laughs) 
And he just looked at me and he was like, I see you're in pain, but your pain has a lot less to do with this man and this life you've lost and a lot more to do with the fact you bought into illusions about yourself and the way that the world works that simply aren't true. And the biggest illusion you're working with is you think you have to be perfect. And I remember sitting in my sister's apartment in San Francisco, freezing cold in December, and just my cheeks were burning because I was like, oh, I want to be perfect, all right. I just don't want anyone to know. And he was like, don't feel bad. Every single woman is programmed with this from the day that she's born. And what ends up happening is women are really incredible creators and super capable. So you end up creating these lives that look really good and you can't figure out why they don't feel as good as they look. And I was like, yeah, pretty much nailed that. (laughs) And he just said, you know, what are you doing that's creative? And I was like, oh, I'm not creative. You know, I think that gene skipped me. And he looked at me and laughed and was just like, creativity is not a genetic thing. It's an energy that's a natural part of being human. And you're freezing yourself out of this natural creative flow with your attempt to be perfect. And he said, nothing in the natural world is perfect, right? Flower isn't perfectly straight. Tree isn't perfectly symmetrical. You're part of the natural world, right? So how, why could you be perfect? Yeah. And he was like, but- you know, right? <laughs> Right, right, and but still. Have you ever thought about that before? <laughs> yes, I have. But, you and know, yeah, we're not perfect, but every, I don't know. That a lot of stuff in the natural world, yeah, it's not perfect, but it's perfectly imperfect. That's perfectly how. imperfect, right? And he said, you know, all of our thoughts of energy vibrations associated with them, and the vibration of judgment is so dense that you are freezing yourself out of your natural creative flow. Because, you know... Nothing in the natural world is perfect, but if we're constantly referencing ourselves to something that doesn't actually exist, we're walking around in a constant state of judgment of ourselves. And then he dropped this wisdom bomb on me that would forever change my life, that totally took me down a completely new path. And he said, you don't have to be perfect to participate. You just have to give yourself permission to be the beginner. The beginner isn't supposed to know anything, so the beginner can never fail. And I was like, oh, and you say it like that so obvious but I completely missed it for the first almost 29 years of my life and so I didn't feel instantly creative but everything he said to me on that day resonated as a very deep truth and that would end up being just this huge catalyst for me having a massive creative awakening it took a couple years. And so this is, I'm telling you the story of what, the, sh- the short version of Unstoppable Woman, because Unstoppable Woman is really, it's a short ebook. It's just 29 pages. But it's really a story about we get stopped in our own tracks as women. We're like sort of our own worst enemies. <laughs> and when you start navigating life as the beginner, you realize that it's like, the biggest freedom flag that you have because you can really do or try or say anything and you don't have to worry that you're not doing it well enough because any step you take as the beginner is success. So I go into talking about how that became the catalyst for my huge creative awakening, which, you know, after 11 years of not writing anything besides emails and I don't know, maybe the occasional thank you letter, I started to write a book. Well, I started to just write as an experiment on some advice from my teacher that said it will heal my heart. And the next thing I know, I wrote a 600 page book. And then I started to play guitar and sing and write songs and paint paintings and do improv and dance burlesque. (laughs) Wow. So all of this create all of these creative pursuits just, you know, so after you realized and you remove the blockages, remove the judgment, 
it kind of it sprang like a wellspring from you. It really did. It just it, it was blowing my mind because <laughs> I had no idea that all of that was inside of me. And what I've since learned is we really are all very creative people, and it is the lifeblood of the human experience. And but so much, so many of us, it's either not encouraged as when we're growing up, or it's not cultivated. And so we start to think we're not, you know, in my particular case, I have an older sister and I think my parents didn't want to foster competition. And so I was sort of athletic. And so they kind of put me as the athletic one and they made her the artistic one. And so I just never was told I was artistic and, and I just didn't really think that was part of me, but so yeah, it was, it was a tremendous healing, you know, and, and then for as cool as that just sounds like, oh, I'm a creator and this amazing wellspring of magic is living inside of me. It created a cascade of spiritual changes that really shocked me. I didn't, I didn't know that the creative and the spiritual go so closely hand in hand. And so in those moments of inspiration, I found myself feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm connected to who I am and why I'm here. And there's no place I'd rather be than this moment. And so stuff from the past, I'd still been lugging around like, you know, some, some old resentments, maybe like a couple, a couple duffel bags of resentment for my ex-boyfriend and some old friends. They alchemized to gratitude because I realized that I had to take every step that I'd ever taken to get to that moment to that inspired moment where there's no place I'd rather be. And so it just felt like this 50 pound ton weight was like lifted off me. And I recognized that like the more that I gave myself permission, it grew my self-worth and my belief in myself, which like a seesaw, my competition with women went down. And this was one of the most dramatic and freeing and amazing feelings of my life. And I suddenly felt this incredible camaraderie with other women that I had never felt before, especially women who had already sort of discovered these things I was just learning, women that were giving themselves permission, chasing their dreams, and a very real compassion for women who were still, you know, bound by their chains of perfection, which obviously I knew a lot about. <laughs> so I knew that that would become my life's work and that I really wanted to help other women access and cultivate their creative spark as a vehicle for building self-worth. And so that's a big part of the retreats that I lead and my coaching that I do. But on my retreats, um, we do a writing workshop each day that's very fun and very loving. And it's so gentle, you don't even know what's happening. But the writing gets so phenomenal in six days that people don't even recognize themselves. People go on to write books and all sorts of amazing things who come. And it's really like a love bath for your creativity. So that's super fun. Sounds wonderful. Yeah. So when you mentioned when you mentioned camaraderie with women, why do women compete? Why do you think women compete? And how how does someone who isn't very competitive with other women deal with that? Yeah, so it's just we compete when we don't feel like we're enough in some way, because it's very hard for us to be excited and feel good for other women when we aren't feeling good within ourselves. And so I've just really found that when women find that thing, whatever it is unique to them that lights them up inside, and really when 
when we figure out what our passions are, you know, I've really found the equation is really permission leads to passion and passion leads to our purpose. Like passion, it's not an accident what you're passionate about. Like your passion is your messenger that is leading you to your purpose for living here this lifetime. And when we are living on purpose, it's, we're so clear about why we're here and what we're doing that it just becomes you can't even really compare yourself with anybody. It's just we're all just walking this our own unique path and we don't try to conform or compare as much. So I've really found that it's, it's and I know from my own life, when we don't feel like there's enough to go around, we feel like other people are getting ahead of us, that's when we want to compete. When we turn inward and get really enthused about our own lives and our own creations, this is when competition falls away and really collaboration becomes possible between women and you know women supporting each other all on the same side like that's the beginning of a new earth that's like paradigm shifting that's what stuff. i think absolutely I, exactly. so i, I get really we can excited get to that, that. <laughs> what, what can women do i mean what can we all do to get to that i guess towards that sisterhood because you know it sounds wonderful I, I think it'd be wonderful and then i not always speaking for me but some of my friends they'll talk about that they're, they're having trouble and it's usually well, they have trouble with their boyfriends or their husbands but oftentimes it's it's women at work often friendships how can we get to that what can each of us do because we can't control somebody else so what can each of us do to help that yeah i mean i think there's two things i mean like i said before i do think it, we, we can't underscore the importance enough of really in you know, we think everything's outside of us. Like, okay, when I get that man, I'm going to be happy. When I get the house, I'm going to be happy. When I get the promotion, when I'm going to be happy. And, and trust me, I did that for a long time, as I, as I mentioned. But really what we're looking for is that connection to self and, and feeling like we matter and we have a reason for being here. And once we connect with that feeling, we, it's a lot easier to deal with anybody else's behavior because you just realize that's not even about you. You're, you're good. You're doing your thing. I think that's a key piece. But I think also there's something, I don't know if you're familiar with the spiritual mirror. Have you heard of the spiritual mirror before? I haven't. So the spiritual mirror is when anything that anybody else is doing that's really irritating or frustrating or annoying, that's actually a mirror of something that exists inside of us. And so this isn't always the easiest tool to use, but it's really, you know, even with my partner, you know, I, I, when he's really doing something that's frustrating me, I have to say, okay, well, if I'm pointing the finger, there's three pointing back at me. And really using these resistances that we have towards other people as a map for where we need to heal. Really interesting. And you're absolutely right. I have heard of the concept. I didn't know it was called the spiritual mirror, but I have heard of that. Yeah. And so what that does is it makes us have a lot more compassion because we understand when we realize oh, we're not so different from this person. And then not only that is we get to actually change and grow. And as we change and grow, we no longer become an energetic match to attract in that same type of behavior because we're always constantly attracting people into our lives that are giving us the opportunity to heal, giving ourselves the opportunity to evolve and get to the next place and the next level and to expand. And so we're going to continue to attract people into our lives that do press our buttons because they are helpers. They are messengers. You know, one of the things that as I first started to go through my transformation, Many years ago, after that first meeting with my teacher, James, was I started to take radical personal responsibility for everything in my life. 
So that meant asking myself, no matter what was happening, like, okay, I'm creating this. Where's the gift? And looking for the positive in the situation and looking for the gift. And the gift isn't necessarily a gift like gifts we've been accustomed to receiving in the past. The gift usually comes in the form of a recognition of truth, of greater forgiveness for ourselves or for somebody else, and ultimately compassion. And compassion, it sounds so gentle, but really it's incredibly powerful because compassion carries the frequency of neutrality. And neutrality means we've healed that behavior, that wound that's living inside of us. And so we no longer become an energetic match for other people with that same wound. So I'm going to go back to your, your story, your story about you know, your relationship that broke down, your previous relationship. If there, there's other women and men who are facing this now, a relationship breakdown, whether it's from a betrayal like you experienced abuse or just breakdown in general. How can people get past that and trust again? Yeah. So one of the key things is really adopting that perspective of that you and you alone are personally creating every single thing in your life for your benefit and evolution. So what that does is that allows us to vibrate in gratitude right? Because if we are receiving a gift, we're thankful. We say thank you. So if receiving a gift, we start vibrating in gratitude. And gratitude is the foundation of all manifestation. And it takes us out of vibrating in a place of, oh, poor me, bad things happen to me, victim nature vibration. So, and, and I get it, like really painful things go down. And and inexcusable things and and even horrific things and yet at the same time we always have a choice and that choice is to continue to blame and point the finger or to turn inward and say no okay I'm creating this for me where's the gift and I once I adopted that frame of mind, my life after that relationship got a lot better in record time. I attracted a new group of friends. I met a new beautiful man, created a beautiful home. I got a dog and my life was like really good again for all intensive purposes. And that was actually right before I started writing because even with all the stuff of life again, I felt a deep ache in my heart And that ache in my heart was like this apathy. And that was right around the time that this question showed up in my life that was like, when are you going to do something that really matters to you? And so for somebody getting over a relationship and struggling to get through that, it's really a time to go inward. It's an opportunity. It's an invitation to reconnect with yourself and to and try to find out what your part in that was. Even, you know, I got, my, my ex-boyfriend cheated on me, but I still said, okay, why am I creating this? Well, I was creating that because there was so much more for me to discover about myself. And there was a big world out there and I had a lot of learning to do. And now even 12 years later, I can see all of the ways more clearly that I was a contributing force in the breakdown of that relationship because that really, I wasn't living my truth. 
And, and sometimes, you know, we can be pray, you know, I was for a couple years before that relationship broke down, I wanted things to be different. I had a very limited scope of how I wanted it to be different. I had agendas about how I wanted things to be, but the universe doesn't respond like that. <laughs> the universe responds, okay, things are going to be different because you want things to be different, but you're going to be asked to step up and grow. And so what I've come to now, you know, it's interesting because I live in Costa Rica, as you mentioned, and I moved here after meeting a charming French surfer. And two weeks later, after meeting him, he asked me to move to Costa Rica. So wow. we met and then we, we met surfing, actually. And oh, so you surf as well. I do. Yeah. And that's a, that's a big part of the retreat, too, which is super fun. Yes. So I was standing on the path to go surfing and... It was big and windy, and I just remember feeling, like, paralyzed and indecision, which is very unusual for me. Usually I'll just, like, make a decision and go. And this day I was like, oh, it's too big. It was like the angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other. It was like, no, it's big. It's crazy. You're going to die. And the other side was like, be the beginner. You got this, girl. And uh, so I was just frozen in indecision. And then he came walking by on the path with his friend and said and his thick French accent. How does he look? And um, I was like, ah, oh, trying to play it cool. You know, I was like, oh, it's a little bit windy. And he was like, I think it would be good. And so I paddled out after him. I took, sort of took that as an invitation to paddle out after him. And uh, we, we got to chatting and he asked me out to dinner. And then we were just inseparable for like the next week. He convinced me to change my ticket. And we went on a surf trip all around the country. And then he dropped me off at this little, like, tiny airport, you know, with, like, a six-seater plane. And, you know, his English was not that good back then. It's a lot better now. <laughs> and he was just like, darling, I know from when I work in the restaurant, the man, the man know exactly what he want. He said, I have the chocolate cake. The woman, the woman said, I have the chocolate cake. No, no, I want the pineapple thing. Wait, I have the ice cream. So I know the woman, she changed her mind. So you go home, you think about it, you want to come back and make a baby. <laughs> you know, when you don't speak the language that well, you're just really direct. Wow. <laughs> and so I was kind of laughing and like, I was like, oh my God, this guy's for real. I went back to my place in Venice and I had this really cool little bungalow and I had a really, you know, life was good in Venice. It wasn't like I was running away from anything, but I just... I kept thinking about that offer for like the next week. And I just was like, I want the adventure. I was like, I want to go ride on the back of a motorcycle and the salty air in my hair. And I think I'm just ready. I'm ready for a change. I'd been living in Los Angeles for 15 years. And so I called him up and was like, our disc, disc is my dog's name. I'm like, are disco and I still invited to come live in the jungle? And he's like, of course, darling. And, you know, to answer your question about trust, bringing it around full circle, a lot of my friends were like, well, can you trust him? And my response kind of even just surprised me, but it was just so second nature. When I said it, I was just like, I don't, it doesn't really matter if I trust him because I trust me. And no matter what happens, I know that's the right step for me because it's moving me forward on my evolution and my expansion of myself. And that's what I've really come to understand about relationships. Everybody has their purpose. Even if it's a challenging relationship, there are gifts there. 
And the more that we're willing to recognize those gifts, we don't then have to create that same challenging relationship again and again and again. Because when we stay in that place where we're pointing the finger and making somebody else the problem, we usually create sort of like a groundhog day situation where we just keep creating the same scenario again and again until we learn. Now, how do women attract soul-affirming love into their lives? I think you mentioned that a little bit. Yes. So, you know, I do life coaching, but my like specialty is relationship coaching for women who want to call love into their lives. And, you know, and this is actually something that we work on in the retreat too, but it's just what every woman says to me, she wants passion. She wants passion and committed partnership. And if we want passion, we have to be passion. So it really does require find, giving ourselves permission to explore our passions and to find those things that light us up inside. I mean, that's like catnip to a man. I mean, we are constantly thinking like, okay, I'm going to make this man this beautiful dinner and I'm going to, you know, do this really uh, nice thing for him. And the reality is, is You know, that's why that girl wrote that book, Why Men Love Bitches. It's not really that men love bitches, but men love women that are really enthused about their own lives. When you are putting energy into you in your own life and you're calling it out of his space, he wants more of that light, free, fast, feminine energy. Now, there are probably other people that are going to be really inspired by your story, especially going to to Costa Rica. Do you have any tips for people who want to become expats? I mean, maybe not about, you know, the visa process or anything like that, but who want to become digital nomads. They want to explore their dream of living in another country. Any tips on like culture shock? Yeah, you know, the town that I live in is super, super international. And it's a really small town, but I love how international it is because there's just people from all over the world. And... I think it I think people when you go someplace where there's a, a strong expat community there it's there's an ease to just connecting people connecting with people making friends and you already have a bond here between all of the expats we all took a chance and left our the comforts of our home in search of the adventure in search of a life you know really engulfed in nature and we all sort of share some of the same struggles and you know it is still a second world country but i'd say you know it it, it takes a certain kind of person but if you're someone who's who's drawn to that you are that person and people either come to this town and they love it or they hate it you know, they, they love it and they want to stay or they're just kind of like, OK, I'm, I'm, that's not for me. But I think just that beginner spirit will never let you down. I always say that I feel like it's like my bona fide superpower because you just ask questions and you say I'm new here and you just be the beginner. And, and it just really can't go wrong. Every, when we're the beginner, we're meeting everything with eyes of wide eyed wonder. It just it returns us to that childlike place because, you know, children are beginners in everything that they do and they're the happiest thing going. <laughs> Absolutely. And fear. Fear is really something that keeps people from achieving their best. And how can people overcome this fear? You know, the number one fear that people have is of what other people will think. And the reality is, is it's easy to be a critic but the critic is the least happy person in the room. 
And if people are creators and doing things and doing their own dreams, they are going to cheer you on. They're obviously going to cheer you on because everybody remembers what it felt like to start. And that's that camaraderie I'm really talking about amongst women. When you start to give yourself permission to go after your dreams and explore your passions and who you are, you know, it's, you start to attract other women like that. And anyone who's just a naysayer or judging you, that's really their own stuff. That's about them and their own fears. So I say be the beginner and go for it. And Fear of failure, you know, failure is an illusion. It, there is no failure. If something doesn't work out, you, you sure as hell learned a lot and it's going to propel you to the next place. There's a few other things I wanted to ask. What are the five things depleting your radiance right now? Are, are there things that are just are depleting our radiance as women or as people? What can we do about that? Yes, absolutely. So my brand is called The Way of the Radiant Woman. And, you know, the thing about radiance is, you know, it has nothing to do with age or body shape or physical features. It's an energy, right? It's an energy that shines from the inside. And it, you know, when our light is on, this is when we are attracting love and friendship, community, invitations and opportunities, abundance, great sex, promotions, you know, this is when our light is on and we're shining in our radiance, this just become effortless. And when our light is dim or even turned off, this is when we actually repel love and friendship and community and invitations and opportunities and abundance and great sex and promotions. So, so really, you know, energy energetically, like attracts like. So as we nurture our radiance, this is when that's, it's just like with my clients, it's like, okay, if there was one thing that we could do, it's nurture your radiance and then everything else sort of like falls into line. So I have a giveaway for your listeners. If they want to go to my website, it's emilyperera.com forward slash teaspoon of healing. And there's actually a free download with six ways to rev your radiance right now. So if you want to dig more into that, but I can just speak to it, just touch on a few of them. One of the key ones is really nutrition. So, you know, not only is the gut responsible for 80% of our immune system, but it's the foundation of optimal health and gorgeous glowing skin, a fast metabolism, clear mind and a good mood. All of those things are contributing factors to our radiance, right? And every cell in the body in the body lives on food and releases toxicity. So when we eat toxic things, the cells are not only undernourished, but the lymphatic system, which is the body's sewer system, becomes overloaded and stagnant. So this can cause a whole host of unsavory issues, <laughs> breakouts, eczema, cloudy eyes, you know, just things that dull our vitality. And so, you know, I would just say to that piece, you know, people are all over the place when it comes to eating these days. And while there's certainly not one size fits all, you know, if it comes in a package, it's kind of depleting your radiance. You know, fresh is best. So that would be a big thing to focus on. And then another one is, you know, contrary to what the beauty industry would like us to believe radiance really can't be applied or purchased, implanted, plumped. 
you know, and, and I'm like full support of whatever makes people feel good. It's just that doesn't have anything to do with our radiance. That doesn't have anything to do with, you know, walking into a room and having like heads turn to, to see who is this radiant being walk in the room. So really, you know, as women, we're so hard on ourselves, but shining in the full expression of your beauty starts with self-acceptance, even your flaws. And radiant beauty really blooms when you start to celebrate your uniqueness and your spirit and your humor. And the, the interesting thing is, you know, others will adore you to the degree that you adore yourself. Others will find you captivating to the degree you find yourself captivating. And others will want connection with you to the degree you're connected with yourself. So all of these things, you know, are like the je ne sais quoi of radiance. And, you know, if you're feeling yourself, go out and share it with the world. Go out and have a good flirt. You know, flirting is incredibly empowering. It doesn't really have anything to do with the other person. I mean, will you get invitations? I'm sure that you will. But that isn't actually the goal. It's actually just purely for your pleasure and enjoyment. So it's just an energy, like when you're delighting in yourself, if you just feel like, you know, flirting with the fruit guy at Whole Foods or the UPS guy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> so I say try it and see how radiantly alive you become. I mean, what I always say is just, When you're lit up by yourself, your life, and your passions, it is physically, spiritually, universally, cosmically impossible for other people to not be drawn to that light. And that light is your radiance. But you can get all six of them if you you go to the link that I said. I'm sure you can put it in the show notes or something. I'll do that for sure. A couple more things. So you're the creativity that you discovered after you, you know, you had gone to your spiritual teacher, you had released the judgment, and then all of a sudden a wellspring of creativity came up. So how can other people harness this creativity? Many of us don't think that we're creative. So how can we harness this? Yeah, so it was interesting. So when I first, you know, I I said how I got to this place where I sort of got all this stuff of life again. And I was feeling very unnerved, because I was like, oh no, like this isn't it, you know, and I've done all these things and all the things that I've been told would bring me happiness. And it just, I just felt like a a sadness in my heart and just like something was missing. That was the best way I could describe it. Just something was still missing. And when I told that to my teacher, he just said, I really see you're a writer. You have to write your story. It's going to heal your heart. And I was like, but I don't even know how to start. And he was thinking he might say like UCLA extension or an online program or something. And he said, for the next 30 days before you go to bed, set an intention that you are going to recover your innate creativity. And then you just be the beginner. And I was like, oh, just be the beginner. So I did that because I had nothing to lose. And it just got to a point where the apathy was just like eating me from the inside out. And so I just, you know, I always say like change happens when the pain of the current situation is greater than the fear of the unknown. And I was in that place. I was in that place where I was in a lot of pain. And also you could come on one of my Costa Rica transformational retreats because I'm actually now certified in a specific writing methodology called the gateless method, which is this just incredible method for drawing out your raw creativity and your raw passion. And so people who don't even think they're creative at all, they leave like (laughs) knowing their creative spark. I'll put it that way. Nice. And so some information about the retreat. 
you have a few coming up. I think you have one coming up pretty soon. Yes, I have one on October 21st, and it's called The Mermaid Sisterhood. And The Mermaid Sisterhood is really a culmination of 12 years of spiritual work that I have been doing. And it's really designed to reconnect you with your radiance. So for women, you know, who feel like maybe your spark is fizzled out or you're feeling stuck, or maybe you're going through a challenging life transition, this is really an opportunity to regain your enthusiasm for life, trust in your path and, and really know how to turn your light on again, because women, we even if you don't feel radiant at all, even if you have been unconsciously dimming your light, light is who you are. That is the essence of who you are as spirit. But what happens over the course of a lifetime, oftentimes we aren't given the right information that allows us to be broken open by life's hardships and challenges and we start to break down. And so in the tropics, You know, it's a combination of delicious, healthy, organic food, lots of different teachings on spiritual awareness for healing, daily writing workshops, daily surfing, yoga, breath work, community of awesome, like-minded women who are interested in expansion and having fun. So it's my absolute favorite thing to do, which is why I just started construction on a retreat and wellness center here too. Nice. So a wellness center where you live in Costa Rica? Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be a combination of a retreat and a wellness center. And we are, I think, December, our first house will be done. So we are doing construction now. And what will it be? What will it have? It's going to have a bunch of different, you know, accommodations in terms of I'm doing it all in Balinese style. So it'll be little cabins and there'll be a couple different houses, yoga shala, a spa. I want to have a big art studio. So, you know, it's tree houses. It's going to be many things as I have a grand vision, but we're just kind of doing one step at a time. Nice. I ever make it down there, I have to check it out. That's some place I've always wanted to go, Costa Rica. Oh, it's gorgeous. Where can people find out more about you? I know there's your website. So it's Emily and then it's P-E-R-E-I-R-A.com. Yeah, you can find out more about my transformational retreats, my coaching. I offer a free clarity call to see if it's a good fit for us to work together, if that's something people are interested in. And then if you're on Instagram, I'm Emily Begins. Great. Well, thank you so much, Emily, for joining me today on A Teaspoon of Healing. Is there anything you'd like to close with? I would just say that in life, the pressure to exchange our dreams and our creative magic for the promise of approval and acceptance is real. But what this does is this sends us sort of on a wild goose chase, looking for meaning and fulfillment everywhere we're except for where it really lives. And so really remembering that you have so much passion and magic living inside of you, even if you don't feel it right now. And everything that you're searching for outside of you really is living inside of you. Well, thank you so much, Emily, for joining. Thank you so much, Don. Thank you for being on the podcast. And everybody check out her website and sign up for the retreat. And can they sign up online uh, for the retreat? Yeah, for your you can retreat? register um, on the page on my website. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you so much, Emily, and enjoy your evening in Costa Rica. I'm thank envious. You. And it sounds wonderful. <laughs> thank you. 
thank you for listening to this episode of A Teaspoon of Healing. If you have any questions for me or for Emily, visit my website, teaspoonofhealing.com. Click on contact and fill out the form and I'll get back to you. And while you're on my website, check out my blog and you can also listen to previous episodes, download transcripts, and soon you'll be able to find out more information about me and my services. And if you are not a current subscriber on iTunes, please subscribe to this podcast and leave me a star rating and a review. I'd really appreciate it. Bye. Thank you for listening to A Teaspoon of Healing with Dawn Damari, your home for wellness and vibrant living. For more resources on wellness and vibrant living, visit us online at teaspoonofhealing.com. This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. Please consult a physician or other health professional before undertaking changes in lifestyle or wellness habits. The author claims no responsibility to any person or entity for any liability, loss, or damage caused or alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of use, application, or interpretation of the information presented herein. 